So yeah, it, isn't it, uh, I know that some of these people uh, did not want to be on stage at all. I know it for a fact. And even worshiping. Um, but again, it's just so beautiful to see the community at work. And um, so yeah, I'm going to, um, when I get back from camp um, or like done with a week of sports camp, uh, so many people will come up to me and they'll be like, Jim, how are you doing? And they're kind of saying it like they feel sorry for me, like I just went through a week of torture or something like that. And the reality is, is when I, when I do return, I'm a little tired typically, it's, it's physical, but there's a lot of spiritual stuff going on too. So there is a bit of tiredness, but it is the best kind of tired. It is. And I am so blessed to be able to do, to get to do what I get to do, to watch God working in, in, in awesome ways all summer long. And um, summer in the Psalms, I was reading Psalm 133, and I think that actually helped me uh, understand why these trips are so life-giving a little bit better. And Psalm 133 is just three verses, four sentences. It's one of the shortest chapters in all of the Bible, but it is rich in its promises to you and I, if we truly understand them, if we humble ourselves and live within that. Now, the first sentence in Psalm 133 is actually a wisdom saying. It's a wisdom statement. It's like a proverb. And then the next two sentences are just similes, which um, are trying to help us understand this wisdom statement better. And then the fourth sentence is God's promise that if we live in this wisdom saying, saying or statement, the promise that he promises to bless us. So let me read Psalm 133, and um, I'm going to be reading from the NIV version. Uh, the first uh, statement of wisdom is this. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. Can you feel that piece of just that statement? How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It is as, it is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. And here's the promise. For there, for in this unity, the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. First, I just want to talk a little bit about this wisdom saying, this statement. It says it is good and pleasant when God's people, the family of God, are, are living in unity together. And to be clear, we're talking about the family of God. We're talking about the church. We're talking about this community of believers when we live in peace, in harmony together. Throughout the Old Testament, I think it's really interesting. There, there, there's these summaries of how people were living during certain points in time. And sometimes in a certain point in time, it'll say they were doing right what was in the eyes of the Lord. And then there's other periods of time where it says in Scripture that they were doing evil in the sight of the Lord. And you know what was abundant in those times when they were doing right in the eyes of the Lord, was unity. Unity was there. There was a, a humbleness of people wanting to love and to serve one another. 
as a community, they were unified and living a life in a way that was honoring to God. They were seeking out his will and his ways. They were valuing what the Bible says, what the scriptures say. And they were humbly trying to live out a life that is honoring to God. To us, it would be humbly seeking out the Holy Spirit's guidance for our life. That's when times were great for God's people. Another key component of biblical unity is humbly loving and serving one another. And that's what I saw happen this summer. We focus on Jesus and what did he teach? What did he teach us? And we focus on how did he live his life out? And then we encourage one another, man, let's just help one another to live a life like that. The life that Jesus was living. Now I want to be clear. Scripture um, teaches that that unity in God's family, it doesn't mean that we always have to agree on everything. But it is humbly loving one another while we're having a disagreement. And when we do that, actually what that does is that brings glory to God. And, And the scripture is actually pretty clear on how we should navigate disagreements. And if we do it in that way, it actually brings unity in Christ and glory to God. And this psalmist is writing of how good and pleasant it is when we have this kind of unity in his family. And it's good because it brings glory to God. It brings glory to God and it brings peace and harmony to his people. Just how good is it? Well, that's when these kind of weird similes come into play. They're explaining how good it is. And before I reread them, I want you to know what they are teaching us. Because I think they're teaching us something very clear about how good unity is in God's family. First, it's teaching us it is a gift from above. It is a gift from God, unity in the church family. And it's also teaching us that it is an extravagant gift. It's a beautiful gift. And it is so good. It is so good that it leads to eternal, abundant life. Let me read them to you again. Verse 2, it says, It, and again, when we say it, it's unity in God's family. Unity in God's family. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. It, again, this unity, is is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. Now, I just want to talk, quickly about this, this uh, oil, first of all. And I think it's important for us to understand that this oil had a very specific recipe. It was very specific. It was very, very, very expensive. Super expensive. And it had a beautiful fragrance and it had a beautiful appearance. And, um, and then I think it's important for us to understand who Aaron is. Because Aaron isn't just a priest. He is a high priest. And back in those days, like when they would appoint a priest, just a a regular priest, not a high priest, um, they would come together um, as a community, a smaller community, and have a a party. And then they would just put a little bit of oil on their head to make them priests. But Aaron is a high priest. And this is referring to a very sweet moment in history 
where all of the Jewish people, all of them, came together for a huge festival. And they were united. And it was beautiful. And they were making Aaron the priest, and I don't know how much oil they put it on, but they dumped it on his head, okay? <clears throat> and this oil is a symbol of God's blessing coming down on his people. And, and this oil went over his head, down his beard, onto his robe. And it's believed that he had a robe that had a symbol for the 12 tribes of Israel. And they were united, and that blessing is going down even onto that. So it's a beautiful moment of unity a beautiful moment of God's extravagant love for his people. So let's talk about the dew for just a second. But dew is often used in Scripture as a symbol of God's great and special provision. Man, I don't know about you, but I'm sometimes like, where did this dew come from? And it's like, it, it, it's from God. It's from God. And Mount Hermon was in the north. Mount Zion was in the south. And, and this is a picture of God's provision bringing unity across all of God's people. It's a, it's a beautiful picture. So unity in God's family, uh, it's good. We need to know how good it is. It is an extravagant gift from God. So it's from God, and here's what we need to know, is that when we humble ourselves and live in this gift of unity, living, letting the Holy Spirit guide us to humbly love and serve one another, God gives us a special blessing. This is the last sentence. It says, for there, in this unity in the family, for there, the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. You guys, I'm hoping you see today that, that what we did this summer, man, it was just a beautiful picture of the community of God loving and serving one another. We have this this saying, I don't know, it might be, become more than that, but at Grace Church, man, we want to create a community where people, we can help them take one step closer in their relationship with God, one step closer to understanding clearly who Jesus is, what the Bible teaches. It doesn't matter if you've been walking with him for decades or if you're just like, wait, who's Jesus? I'd like to hear a little bit more about him. It doesn't matter. We want to create a community where we can help anyone take one step closer to Jesus and I'm so blessed because with all of these students this summer I saw some students take one or two steps and I've seen one some students go "Mm, maybe not we've seen that but we want to love and encourage them they're all in different spots just like all of us are and we just want to create that community where we can love and serve one another and help them move one step closer to Jesus We're going to transition now into a time of communion. So Pastor Matthew is going to come up. Worship team, why don't you come up? And Pastor Matthew is going to lead us in that. Servers, would you come up as well? It's uh, my first summer at Grace Church. And I don't know if you're like me. My heart's just overflowing to see these stories of what God has done in and through these teams that have gone out into these various places uh, to proclaim Jesus. And, that, and the fact that you all 
by your being a part of this church family, by your giving generously, parents giving to allow students to go to camp and supporting mission trips. You all were a part of that, right? There, there's a unity in that. And what Jim just showed us from the scriptures, I think, is most chiefly seen in the unity of the Father and the Son and the Spirit themselves. Three persons, one God, who were absolutely unified in their purpose. Jesus submitting to the Father, the Spirit empowering the Son to be sent, to take on human flesh, to live a perfect life, to die a death, to rise from the grave so that people might be pulled from darkness and brought into the glorious light of the kingdom of God. Jesus, one of, or John, one of Jesus' closest friends, wrote about this mission of the Messiah, this mission to bring other people into relationship and joy with the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. He said this in his first letter to the churches, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only Son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And John wrote in the beginning of that letter that part of what Jesus accomplished in the rescue of sinners from darkness is not only that we would have fellowship with him, but that we would have fellowship with each other, with one another through the forgiveness of of sins. And because he always wanted us to remember union with him, and because he always wanted us to remember the unity and the union and the fellowship that we have with one another, Jesus gave us a meal to partake of when we gather, to remember these things. Sometimes this can feel like routine, can it, if we're honest, if we admit it. Every first Sunday of the month, here it comes again. The table elements get passed out. The pastor gets up and says some words. But it's a sacred, sacred thing that's happening right now. And God looks down and his son at the right hand of his throne room. And he takes joy in this moment where you're remembering what his son did for us. Where you're remembering the commitment that you have to each other. Paul wrote about it this way when he wrote to the, his friends at Corinth. He said, when we bless the cup at the Lord's table, aren't we sharing in the blood of Christ? And when we break the bread, aren't we sharing in the body of Christ? And though we are many, we all eat from one loaf of bread, showing that we are one body. And so we remember this as we eat these elements, that we here are declaring our union, our communion, and our oneness because of Jesus. And so Paul teaches us, I pass on to you what I received from the master himself on the night when he was betrayed. The master, Jesus, he took some bread and he gave thanks to God for it and he broke it in pieces 
and he said, this is my body, which is given for you. Remember me. And Paul went on to write to his friends at Corinth in the same way. Jesus took a cup of wine. Do you remember? Do you remember the story? He took a cup of wine. And he said, this cup is the new covenant between God and between his people. An agreement confirmed by my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink of it. For every time you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you are declaring the death of Jesus until he comes. Do you, did you hear that? The taking of this meal is evangelistic. You are declaring and proclaiming something by what you just did. Communion. Look around at each other. This is our fellowship. These are your brothers. These are your sisters. You are declaring union with each other in this meal. And you are declaring the death and resurrection of Jesus until he comes. You are announcing redemption and forgiveness and mercy and grace and life and power and spirit. Resurrection. By doing what you just did. You are declaring the death of death in the death of Christ. Hallelujah. And the announcement doesn't stop here, family. That's also what we remember. John went on to say the words of Jesus in John 20. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me to die, to give my life, not to be served, but to serve, so even I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit of God. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you withhold the sins of any, they are withheld. Family, this is what we build our lives on. This is why we exist as Grace Church. To be sent as Jesus was sent. To get more into this union. More into this. That's what all of this has been about. Raising these kiddos up to proclaim Jesus for the rest of their lives. Maybe some of them on mission fields, laying down their lives so that others could know Jesus. This is why we're here. Amen? Let's stand and sing about what we have built our lives on and how we might be led in love to those around us.